Greetings and salutations, nerds. This is Praying for Superpowers, a show about the deeper meanings, messages, and intricacies hidden in nerd culture. <laughs> I'm Trevor Sharon. I'm Peter Jordan. And today we're talking about Shalon Defar from Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive, who made me so mad through a prayer. Shalon? Oh, yeah. Why would you be mad at her? Here's why. <laughs> she so her ability is to be able to essentially uh, shape shift almost and create things out of stormlight that aren't really there. It's kind of like minor image for D and D fans. She but, can just do that, and then it becomes major image later, and she can create sounds as well. True, which only makes the problem worse. The reason that she made me so mad was because of her utter lack of self-awareness throughout the books. The entire time she's switching between her two characters, Vale and Radiant, that she's developed for herself. And it's an escapism from who she is because of a traumatic event in her childhood that she refuses to acknowledge. Events. Yeah. Three traumatic events. There's the death of his uh, the murder of her There's mother. There's the mother trying to murder her. Her killing her mother in self-defense, her father beating and killing many of their housemates, and then her killing her father. So a very, I mean, if she was to take the ACEs, the adverse childhood experience assessment, she would definitely get a high score. Which is bad. However, the thing that really frustrates me is she, instead of acknowledging her past and trying to work through it she ignores it and hides it and keeps it a secret from even herself and doesn't allow her uh, her um, companion to talk about it but can you really be mad about that i i'm frustrated because shalon is not honest with anyone even herself but with someone who's so traumatized I mean, I feel like frustration is is not the emotion to go with. What would you What would you think would be a healthy change? I think I think the way that Wit reacts to Shalon, where he tells her a story, and as he's told Kaladin before, sometimes in stories we hear what we need to hear. Uh, he tells a story to her, and he says, "Why was the wall built?" And she said, "To keep out the monsters." And he says, "Oh, child, no one thinks you're a monster." Uh, and he says, the world is not worse for your association with it. It flows the other direction. The world is better for you associating with it. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, I think the response is sad. Like you should be sad for her, not pity, but just like heartbrokenness and like, like a deep amount of, and I'm like, a super humble guy. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say I'm really a gracious person, and I think I am a gracious person. I think I, I would a, say that's true. A yeah. lot of people grace, um, which is probably why I'm so easily pleased with movies and books. Uh, these books are fantastic. You don't need to be easily pleased with books to enjoy these. Um, but I think that uh, Shalon uh, just needs love and acceptance, like Wit gives her, uh, Hoyd gives her, and not um, frustration. Hmm. No judgment. No, that's but. good. That's a really, I think you're right. And I, some of my frustration is just that I want more from her. And I know that the thing that is going to allow her to experience a full life and to 
um, to grow as a character is for her to be honest with herself and with some other person mm. because she doesn't share honestly with anyone Yeah, in the entire book. She shares little bits and pieces, but they're all the safe pieces. There's no part of the story and her character arc so far where she is vulnerable with anyone. And yet she's vulnerable with Kaladin in the whole Oh, you're right. That is the one point where I saw a little bit of vulnerability from her. And that's why when Adolin dies in book six, my prediction, her and Kaladin <laughs> are going to end up together. I don't know. I feel like that would feel unsatisfying to me I, at I, this point. I honestly, like book three, Oathbringer, felt like kind of like it could be the bottom of the downturn and things could start to look up. But knowing there's 10 books, I feel like we're about to take the path of George R. R. Martin. Mm. People are just going to start dying. Like they killed off Elokar and like people are just going to die now. It's going to be every book a major character is going to disappear. Which I would be really sad if Shalon Devar died in her current state. I think she's going to be the next god. I think she's going to assume the mantle. Oh, that I might have some hold some water i could see that happening. hold some water hold some water it might be a cup <laughs> it might be <laughs> that, a bag that theory might be a cup could be a gutter <laughs> who knows so shalon devar she is a light weaver and she we already talked a little bit about her adverse childhood experience where she went through a whole lot of trauma her mother found out that she was she had the ability to invest and her mother was like in all likelihood a member of the skybreakers whose goal was to kill all who were investing uh so that um the uh bad guys wouldn't return what is it called the void bringers yeah there we go yeah and so what happens is this really traumatic event that we don't find out about until book two where shalon devar summons her shard blade end of book one and oh yeah end of book one summons her shard blade and kills her mother her dad takes the blame for it uh from my memory and as things progress her dad kind of spirals out of control until the point where she kills her dad as well uh and because he watched his eight-year-old kill his wife while he while his wife was trying to kill their daughter and her friend, who the way it talks about it sounds like a lover, is what the world assumes. He kills that guy. And so, of course, but he can't take out his anger on her. So he beats all of the house servants. So he's got his own business going on. And we see throughout Shalon's story of this severe trauma that she's repressed as much as she can to be able to function in the world. She goes through right after that experience, a time of mutism mm. where she just chooses not to talk to anyone. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, it really is a very sad story development. Whereas we have Kaladin who goes through this tr traumatic event of being trapped uh, are enslaved, betrayed, losing his brother, losing the people that he's trying to care for. And that's that's horrible. But I think Shalon is, her story is so much more tragic because she was a child at the time. And we see that, well, Kaladin has had a pretty rapid growth curve. Shalon has been delayed stunted. and stunted in her growth because of her experiences as, as a child. 
And these traumatic experiences we were talking earlier have have led to you seeing her uh, with, with what kind of a diagnosis uh, from the DSM-5? Yeah, so I, I know that we said that we weren't diagnosing, but I was exercising some diagnostic skills and figured I could treat Shalon like a case study. Um, and as I was thinking about it, the few things that f- at first came up were disassociative disorder, identity disorder. Because um, she has radiant and veil. Yeah. So she comes up with these other identities. And, you know, this is a fantasy novel. So those are part of her superpowers, uh, not just a mental health issue. And she's not, they're not aspects of Stephen Leeds. Right. They're, they're different. Yeah. And. I think what I really came to is she is dealing with very complicated trauma uh, and probably complicated grief as well. But mainly, like if I was to try to work with her as a client, uh, I'd be approaching it from PTSD and trying to work with her to a point where she feels safe enough to um, talk about some of the things that she refuses to acknowledge because she never summons the shard blade again because she associates it with her mother's soul. And, and so there's this strong association to that trauma. Yeah. Oh, and then I was going to say, uh, when she fails at transmutation, the first time she ever really tries it uh, on her own without Yasna there, when she really needs it and she fails, she doesn't try it again. She completely ignores half of her abilities, the entire books two and three. Yeah. Uh, so again, she's she it's 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 evolved from like this traumatic experience causing her to dis like to not have a part of her life be a part of her life to any small hiccup remo- she just removes. Yeah, she doesn't have very much grit. Yeah. I, I think she's very resilient in that she finds a way to function no matter what's happening to her, but she doesn't have the grit to process through what's going on. Uh, at least until this point, she gets back up, but it's not really getting back up. It's kind of just cr- continuing to crawl with whatever's been happening to her. And I think one of my frustrations, and this is transcends the books, is I want to see her grow faster. I want to see her find that moment of revelation where she's like, oh, maybe if I was to be honest with somebody and reach out for help, then I would be a more powerful aspect of this team. And we see this in normal life a lot where we have friends who we can kind of see like, oh man, if they would only reach out, if they would only seek some help, if they would only um, stop drinking or whatever it ends up being, we, we want to see that happen and we get frustrated when it doesn't. And to Peter's point, what they need is to be seen and heard and understood and encouraged in where they are rather than us pushing them to something they're not ready for yet. I think one thing to keep in mind with your frustration is that there are seven more books minimum. He said 10, but then he originally said a trilogy of trilogies for Mistborn and it's morphed into four trilogies. Yeah. Uh, so with in between books with a book in between each trilogy, even though they're part of the same storyline. You do you, Brandon Sanderson. You, I'll read I, it. Yeah, I'll read it. <laughs> so it, he's, he's promised 10. It could be 15. So honestly, I felt like we needed a book. I, I, I appreciated that the only growth that really happened in this book was Dalinar and Zeth. 
Mm. And every other character, it was like stumbling block after stumbling block after stumbling block in Oathbringer. And, and Dalinar and somewhat Seth were able to actually make ground. And I think Dalinar is going to become even more than he already is a father figure to all of these characters whose fathers have been uh, hurtful and helpful. Um, Shallan wouldn't be as resilient as she was if she hadn't had an abusive father. It's a sad truth. Kaladin wouldn't have all of his medical knowledge that he would have without his father, the surgeon, Liren. Uh, and I think Dalinar is going to become the loving, um, as he should, the the guy who brings everyone together like a family um, because that's his power. Mm -hmm. I think you're right, because Oathbringer was a hard book for me to read through. It felt, I was feeling that stumbling without acknowledging it. And you're right. I mean, that's part of the human experience. And I am in a season where I'm trying to acknowledge that the details and the boring moments and the hard parts are what make the story beautiful. And that takes patience and it takes humility to be able to just sit with it and be like, yeah, this is a really frustrating time because mm -hmm. I want so much more, but this is the beautiful part. Um, and I think that's probably what I was experiencing while reading Oathbringer and, and reading Shallan's story uh, is some counter transference of like, yeah, I've got things in front of me that I just can't seem to find the, like I'm not in the time where I can take that step forward. It doesn't feel comfortable or safe enough. That next step is impossible right now. Right. And we hear Dalinar say the most important step a man can take is the first one. Actually, that's not Kaladin. It's the next one. It's Dalinar, yeah. The is most it? important step a man can take is not the first one. It's the next one. Uh, and then Kaladin says, which I think you were kind of hitting on, is most people talk about good times and bad times, forgetting that most times just are. Mm. They're neither good nor bad. Uh, and it, him accepting that as a character actually makes a lot of sense in his development. Yeah. Uh, is just kind of sitting in who he is. Yeah. So we encourage you to sit where you're at, whether it's good, bad, or in between. Offer grace to those who are struggling with difficult things and be ready to be there for them. Have patience. Know that there is a next step. Invest in your friends. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> nice. Thanks. I like, gotta tie that back in. We got real serious at the end there. I mean that we talked about that being a really serious episode, so.